Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. This morning's scripture is John 15, verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for, his, for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've never really been comfortable with the idea of sacrifice. In fact, I remember back, and I don't even remember what class it was, but in seminary, um, some professor asked, what is the theological concept that you struggle with the most? And I said, sacrifice. There's something about it, that idea of giving at the expense of oneself, putting someone else in front of you, really was hard for me to get my mind around. And in my young feminist ideals, I rebelled against the idea because I didn't think I should have to sacrifice. But I only thought of sacrifice as something that was forced upon me, something that disempowered me, something that I had to give up because someone else said so. I didn't want to sacrifice my job, my beliefs, my choices, and I wouldn't want someone else to deprive themselves at my expense. But since I've lived a little, I've come to understand that when sacrifice is a choice, it comes from a place of deep love, and it actually can be empowering. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You see, that's really what the movie Little Women was all about. I mean, there were lots of wonderful themes, and there was a lot that you could choose from. But when it comes down to it, it was about loving so much that you put the needs of those you love before your own. Now, I was looking forward to this movie. I read the book as a child, and I have seen different versions of the movie. Of course, like back in 1994 when it came out with Little Women, I went and saw it with my mom. And I was pleasantly surprised by our turnout on Tuesday night and the excitement. It was truly a beautiful movie, and uh, the cinematography was fantastic, and the costumes and the setting and the dialogue, it was just wonderful. Now, if you haven't seen the movie or you're not familiar with the story, Little Women is the story of the marches. There were four sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, and their mother, Marmee. 
The story's told from Joe's perspective, and we don't meet their father at first. We learn early on that he volunteered for the Union Army. It's the first glimpse we have that the role of the, how the way that sacrifice plays in their lives. It's what Marmy and father taught their children. Now, as any girls would, as any children would, they miss their father greatly, and they grumble about it, and Marmy says he will stay and do his work faithfully as long as he can, and we won't ask for him back a minute sooner than he can be spared. You see, the March family lives by the notion that beliefs are more than words, they're action. It might mean sacrifice, but we get the idea that they couldn't live with themselves if they didn't. Now, Marmy and father lived their faith. They took action on what they believed. They were the rubber meets the road kind of people, right? The fakes with faith without works is dead kind of people. And I have to say, I loved this movie there was one scene that I struggled with a bit. It's Christmas morning. The girls are awake. Joe comes running down the stairs, and there's no presents this year, which they knew because Marmy had said that they should not have gifts because our men are suffering in the Union Army. But it's okay. The girls understand. They're, they get on board, and it's really okay because they're going to have a wonderful breakfast together and that will be their celebration. There's a beautiful spread that Hannah, who uh, helps them, has set out for them and they can't wait to eat it. But you see, Marmy isn't home this Christmas morning and so they have to wait for her to come home because someone came begging and she went to their home to help them. Upon her return, Marmy comes in and she looks at the table and she looks at the girls And she tells them of the Hummels who she was helping. She says, not far from here lives a poor young woman, Mrs. Hummel. Her five children are in one bed to keep from freezing, and there's nothing to eat. My girls, will you give them your breakfast as a Christmas present? The girls are quiet. It's clear they don't want to. What child would? But they do it. They know their father would want them to. They do it for him and because the Hummels are in need. And I sat there thinking and probably missing the whole next scene of the movie, wondering what I ask the same of my family. And here's the thing. I don't want my children to want for anything. I don't want them to have to sacrifice But if I'm really teaching them about love of other and love of God, then sacrifice is part of their lesson. Interestingly enough, as the marches walk to help the Hummels, uh, they pass a church. And people are streaming into the church as they're walking to go and help the family. Perhaps it's a byproduct of our consumer world, our middle-class station, but I want to give my kids everything. But in doing so, does it happen at the expense of teaching important values, knowing what it is to go without? Faith without works is dead. How to love much more than the things we have. 
I watched the movie and marveled at how the girls used their imagination. They played and dressed up and wrote stories to act out, and that was their entertainment. They weren't tied to things. They didn't have the outside world to watch on TV to tell them what to buy and what they couldn't live without and how to spend their time and what success looked like. Sure, they had wants. But love was really what drove their world. It's why Joe goes to New York to teach and write so she can send money home and why Amy feels a need to marry Rich to support her family. It's why Joe cuts her hair for money for her mother to go help her father and why Meg sells the expensive fabric so her husband can have the coat he needs. It's why Marmy gave her scarf to the father of four Union soldiers. The needs of those they love, the needs of those who moved them trumped their own desires, their own vanity. But here's the thing about sacrifice. When we choose to sacrifice out of love, when it comes from a place of faith, when we are acting like Christ, God provides. Now, I'm not getting into a a prosperity gospel kind of thing. Hear what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you don't give so that God will give you more. That's not your motivation. But when the girls gave up their Christmas breakfast, they came home to the table with a beautiful spread on it because their neighbor, Mr. Lawrence, saw what they did and was moved to provide for them. Maybe it was God. When we give of ourselves out of love, God provides grace and hope. Now, these four girls had very little, only one dress, little food, no Christmas presents, and their father was away helping with the Union Army. But each of them had a gift that brought them and those they loved joy. Meg acted, Joe wrote, Beth played piano, Amy painted, and no matter what they gave up, when they used their gifts, joy abounded. That's why the scene at the beach with Joe and Beth was so powerful. Beth was very sick at the time, and Joe used some of the money that she made in New York to take her to the beach, hoping that the water and the sand and the air would help her to heal or maybe just at least give her one last wonderful time. At this time, Joe herself was pretty depressed. She had stopped writing, and her confidence had been shaken by a man. She was facing the loss of her sister, Beth, and Beth was the favorite. Beth was everyone's favorite because she was so good and loving. And so on the beach, Joe was reading to Beth, and Beth said it was nice, but what she really liked was when Joe read her what she wrote. And Joe said, I no longer write. It's not just one, it's, it's just no one even cares to hear my stories anyway. And so Beth said to her, write something for me. You're a writer, even before anyone knew or paid you. Plus, I'm very sick and you must do what I say. But then she said, do what Marmy taught us to do. Do it for someone else. Beth wanted to hear a story that Joe wrote, of course, and that gave Joe the motivation to write. But she was also reminding Joe of her gift. She knew that Joe would need it, 
and that it would give her hope in her grief and give her comfort. And she motivated Joe to write again, not doing it for herself, but for the sister that she loved. And because she was willing to write for Beth, she got her hope back. She got her life back. And she wrote her first novel that was published. Christ came into the world not as an exercise in God's power, but so that the world would know how much God loves us. God loved us so much that God did everything possible to know that. God came and lived among us in Christ, came alongside us, experienced the kinds of things that we experienced, suffered and died. And Christ died as an expression of that love. He loved us so much, he was willing to die for us. That's the kind of love we are called to offer one another. Maybe not to die for one another, or maybe two, but to put the well-being of those we love and those God loves at the forefront, recognizing that really love is what we need. I want you to think for a moment about the people that you love most in this world. Is there anything you wouldn't do for them? Does it feel like a sacrifice? Remember that God loves you even more than you love those people who are most important to you. God just merely asks that we love him back. And one way that we do that is by loving God's people and sometimes even sacrificing for them. At Meg's wedding, her father said these words, What excessive promises, giving yourself away to get the other. What a thing, what a gift, always given before it's known the cost of the reward. Isn't that what loving someone is all about? It's not a rational decision. You don't usually do a pros and cons list unless you're on TV. You just love, and in doing so, you receive the greatest gift, not just the feeling of being loved back, but the joy of doing for the other, the blessing of knowing that you have the power to bring joy, to make someone happy, the power of feeling that you can truly make a difference for the one that you're offering in real love, sacrifice becomes natural and joyful, and God works in it all. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.